Another edition of the Behind the You podcast. We are joined by track and field runner Mariah Oliveira. Mariah, thanks for doing this. Thank you so much for having me. Yeah, so we're taping this on a Saturday, and I kind of joked that we got to have better things to do than talking to me. We're getting ready for ACCs, so it's time to gear down this week. Got to stay inside and get hydrated and get ready for this weekend. So We're already prepping for next weekend. We're prepping a week before. It's big time. Championship season. All right, so the mindset is locked in. Yes. Okay, so uh, can we openly talk about, uh, you know, how badly or your desire to repeat? Yeah, I mean, last year I went indoor season champion and then outdoor season champion. So I was two for two in 2022. And now it's 2023, so I have to, you know, get three in there. And, yeah, I'm just really excited to compete. I'm really excited to hopefully drop a PR you know, keep this thing going, rolling into regionals and nationals and just keep dropping my time. We've been running since January, so it's kind of hard to stay focused this long, but I feel like my coaches have really prepped me for, you know, going into championship season, like ready to drop my time. So I'm really excited to see how we compete this weekend. You said you've been running since January. So how in the world, like what is your PR and and like how much time would you even hope to be able to drop? My PR is 51.76 for the open 400, and I'm hoping to drop low 51, maybe 50s. I feel like I've been putting in the work, and I was struggling a little bit this season with a quad injury. So over time, like we've been progressively like bringing my time down, kind of getting back to where I was last season. And I feel like this week I really like hit that milestone so that I'm ready to, you know, drop some time, finally say that I'm kind of over this little hump and injury and just focus down and, you know, get ready for this race. So when you won last year, was that the goal? I mean, I know obviously you always want to win, but like, was that something you were expecting? Let me, let me put it to you that way. Just given everything that I had gone through last season, I wasn't expecting much. I was kind of just happy that I was, you know, showing up to practice and just being there on the team still and showing up every single day. I was proud of myself for that. But as we got into competition season, I, I kind of just found this like, drive and like passion and realize that you know I didn't just have to be showing up to practice or showing up to these meets and competing well like I wanted to win and that kind of like carried from indoor after I won into outdoor I was like you know this is a big possibility for me to go back to back and that was something that I really wanted to do I thought that would be really cool to have you know two gold titles in one season and we pulled it off so I was really happy about that so you did mention uh, how tough uh, I guess it was the summer of 21, right? Leading into last season. Yeah. So we'll, we'll talk yeah. about that in a sec. But after winning indoor, outdoor, in the off season, pressure or confidence? Like how, coming into this season, your mindset was what? Just to build off of last season, I was really focused on working on like my mechanics and kind of like the little details I felt like I had put in a lot of like the endurance work and stuff last season. So I really just wanted to focus on, you know, being able to stay healthy. That was also a big thing because we do run for so long. And I basically had two months off and then we started again up in August. So it wasn't, you know, that much time for me to rest kind of, you would say. I mean, I know a lot Now let me ask you something. Are you actually resting? As much as you can in the summer, you know what I mean? I still... you're, not, you're not locked inside all summer. No, I'm not locked inside. I got to go home um, to see all of my family in Hawaii because that's where we're all from. So that was really nice to be able to see everybody and kind of just, you know, disconnect from school and athletics for a little bit and kind of, you know, regroup. And then starting in August, I started to like, you know, gear down and focus into this season coming up and then went through a little bit of an injury in the beginning of the season. But I feel like, you know, this is the time that it counts, championship season. And I don't think anyone's going to remember if I won, you know, a middle season track meet or not or a home meet I think it's really important to you know be able to compete when it counts so that's really what I'm focusing on these next couple of weeks it sounds like your mind and I don't know if this was we obviously it's the first time we've ever interacted and but it sounds like you've mentioned championship mindset you know you're locked in focused like you're really set on performing at a high level uh next weekend at NC State were you the same way last year or since you have won you sort of understand what it takes and are also determined to try and do that again. And so ha- have you seen a switch mentally uh, with yourself? Cause you you're very uh, aware of sort of what's ahead. Yeah, definitely. Last year was kind of like a eye opening experience for me. You know, I, I had never competed at that level before that was my first time. So realizing, you know, how much I had to focus at practice and 
you know, dedicate myself like outside of track to be able to reach like those times and those um, like the level of that competition going into this year, I kind of had a new mindset of, you know, what I was doing like off the track and how I was eating, how much I needed to hydrate. And I've really been trying to focus on that all year. So that way I can um, just perform better as an athlete. So when you say off the track, are you, are you, are you talking about the sort of the whole being of your performance? Like not only just practice, but what you meant, whether it's hydration, recovery, everything that allowed you to perform. Just everything, hydrating, making sure I'm sleeping enough, getting my, like getting my school done before 10 o'clock, preferably because I have to wake up at five the next morning to go to wait. So I feel like last year I was a little bit more scattered because, you know, I was going through a lot and trying to balance school and, a loss and track at the same time was really hard. And this year I've kind of gotten over that like hump. So being able to just put a hundred percent into not only when I'm at practice, but when I'm, you know, off the track as well. And when I'm at home has really been like the key factor in me, um, my mindset this season. And do you notice a difference? Yeah, it's, it's a lot of it's discipline. That's the biggest thing that I've noticed is that you have to be disciplined as an athlete when you get to that level. And it's not, it's something that you have to just think about every day. And, you know, sometimes I'm really great at it and sometimes I'm not, but I'm learning and I'm hoping that, you know, as time goes on, I can just learn to apply all these things every single day. So didn't you also qualify for NCAAs last year? Yes, I did. What was that like that level of competition? Now you're the best against the best. Yeah. Last year I went to nationals and I was in a heat with um, Allison Felix. <laughs> Yeah. And that's when I ended up getting my PR and just, you know, standing in that stadium and you're lined up with someone who has countless Olympic medals, you know, it kind of starts to hit you like, wow, like I, you know what I mean? I really put in the work. I really, I deserve to be here. So yeah, competing on that stage was really fun. It actually was like the least nerve wracking thing out of all the meets I've ever competed at. Cause I, I felt like I deserved to be there. I didn't feel like I was like fighting for my place or like, Oh my gosh, like, I was so nervous to be running with, you know, some of the greatest athletes of all time. And I'm really excited to, you know, be back on that stage this year. That's the goal. And I'm hoping to um, do even better than I did last year. So, yeah, I'm really excited. So who do you lean on? Like when, when it comes to when you're when you're wavering from your discipline, who sets you right? My twin sister. <laughs> we could not be more different than each other. I know like we're identical twins. We basically grew up exactly the same, but personality wise. She's not doing this, is she? Like, it's not some like some kind of like punk thing where you guys like swapped out on me, did you? <laughs> no, but we have done that a couple times for class, but in high school, of course. But no, she's always been kind of like the mom out of us too. So you know, after winning and everything last year, and kind of like having those conversations with her and her telling me like, hey, you know, if you do this, it'll benefit you on the track. If you do this, like, you know what I mean? So being able to have her, you know, put in her input and help me out all the time has been a blessing. Do you ever not listen and just say, well, you go away, get out of here. Sometimes. Yeah. Sometimes she'll be telling me too much. And I'm like, you know what? I need a break. Just one second. Just for one day. She needed to be quiet for a second. Does she look now? Does she oblige? Does she listen? Does she? She usually does. Yeah. yeah. Sometimes, you know, sometimes she tells me if I'm not doing the right things or I need to like get my stuff together. She lets me know. So she definitely keeps me on the right track. And I'm very grateful that we get to experience this whole thing together. Change the trajectory of your career or find your new passion. Both are possible at the University of Miami's Division of Continuing and International Education. The division offers over 50 courses with online and hybrid options for on-the-go professionals and busy parents. Visit miami.edu slash dcie to learn more or call our enrollment advisors at 305-284-4000 to discover which course is right for you so um i wanted to get back to the thing you uh you, you touched on before which was i guess we're going on almost two years now right yeah you lost your father and your grandfather uh mm -hmm. in the summer of 21 the covid mm -hmm. i don't i can't even I can't, I guess there's no way to put that into words. Um, so were you able to be with him? Let me, let me say that. Or I know COVID was, there's so, there were so many different rules and, and sort of things that you couldn't, couldn't do. Like, how did that even come to be? How, were you, were you in, were you back home? Like how did Yeah, that... we were, we were back home for the summer. My whole family had um, 
got COVID. So it wasn't just including you and your sister. Yes. So my, my, my entire family, everyone in our house got COVID. So when he got, you know, real like really sick and he was telling us like, I think I need to go to the hospital. I, I remember I was in the room and I was like hugging him and I was like, you know, you're being a baby. Like you're being dramatic about this. Like, come on. And I remember like, that was a, it was a really good conversation that we have. I remember that vividly. And I remember my mom came back to the house after dropping him off. And he was like, Hey girls, like, um, dad wanted me to tell you that he loves you and da da da. Like, I, I think he's really worried, but you know, I just wanted to tell you what he said to don't worry about it. You know, he's just, you know, sometimes my mom said that sometimes when men get sick, you know, they're, they're babies about it a little bit. And I was laughing and I was like, yeah, he's a trooper. Like he's going to be all right. So, you know, just going into like that part when he like went into the hospital, I honestly wasn't, you know, worried or anything. I know that like, my dad was very strong. He's a very strong man. He's a very stubborn man. He was and an I ar- wasn't he? Uh, wasn't he an army veteran? He was, yes, he was in the he was in the army. He was a veteran, and so was my granddad. Um, so we really just weren't like, I just really wasn't worried about him. Like I know he's strong. I know that you know, he's just a very like disciplined man, and I could tell that he was a little worried, but we weren't. You know what I mean? So kind of seeing that he was worried a little bit kind of concerned me. And then when my mom had called us because we had went back to Miami once we didn't we didn't have COVID anymore so we went back to Miami you know thinking everything was fine we were getting ready for school to start so we had to go back and then she called us and was like I think you guys need to come home and that was kind of like the switch for me where I was like you know something I think something bad is might happen or could happen so that whole period you know of just like waiting to hear like what the doctors were saying and you know going to see him every day and could be like you said because we were in the height of COVID we could only go in one at a time to see him so and we weren't allowed in the room with him so how did you see him we had to stay like outside of the waiting room so we could just like literally like just see him but we couldn't go inside so I had to like stay outside the door and I had to be outside by myself and then I would go downstairs and my sister would come up be with him by herself and then she would go downstairs with my mom and it was just like three or four times a week, we would go up there once and just be able to look, you know what I mean? Not being able to actually like give him a hug or like, just like hold his hand and like, just even just tell him that everything was okay. Even though I knew he couldn't, you know, hear us or anything. That was really hard. And I remember like every night going home and just like praying and being like, please, like God, if this is your will, I understand, but I'm not ready to go through all this. So (sighs) sorry. Yeah, that was a roller coaster of emotions, but um, I do believe that everything happens for a reason and I'm really strong in my faith. So, you know, going through that whole time was really hard, but at the same time, I knew that he would want me to keep running. So that was like my biggest thing going into track season was knowing that he was literally my biggest fan and the whole reason that I started running. So that's really what drove me going into season, knowing that I couldn't just stop. You know, I there were times that I wanted to just leave school you know what I mean? And just go home and just be with my family. And I knew that that's not what he would have wanted me to do. So having that kind of like mental battle, basically for a whole year of, you know, deciding if I wanted to keep doing this or not was really hard, but I'm glad that I got through it. I'm glad that I'm, you know, on the other side of it now. And looking back on it, I don't think I would be the athlete that I am today if I didn't go through that. And I don't think I would be, um, you know, the woman that I am today if I didn't go through that. So, yeah. Was he? On, you mentioned you would see him through the window. Uh, he was unconscious. Was he? So yeah, you could even, you could, he was on a ventilator. So when was the last time you spoke to him? Was it before he went into the hospital? We had, yep, we had a conversation in the room. He told me he was like, um, I was just getting over COVID, and he was just kind of, you know, it was really kind of hitting him hard. And I was talking to him, and, and we were just joking around, and I was like, I can't believe you have to go to the hospital. Like, you know, you're being kind of a wuss right now. Like, what's wrong? And he was just like joking with me a little bit and I gave him the biggest hug and I was like, well, hurry back. You know what I mean? Like, don't be gone too long. I, I have to go back to school. So like, I really want to see you. I want to hang out with you before I go back and stuff. And we were just joking. And it was a really nice conversation. I remember like vividly everything that we were talking about. And I'm really happy that that was that last kind of like moment that we had together. Cause it was, you know, it was genuine. It was special. I told him that I loved him. I told him I was going to miss him while he was in the hospital. So you know, being able to have that conversation, I'm really happy that we had that moment together before he went to the hospital. Uh, just to maybe shape the story a little bit, you lost your grandfather before or after your father? 
I lost my grandfather before. In the same general time period? Yeah. Um, my dad passed away September 6th, and my granddad, I believe, August 25th or 24th. So that's rough. So it was really, it was a really short and really short turnaround. And then all of a sudden we had, you know, two funerals to plan. And I felt like I kind of had to step up a little bit because my mom was really going through it back at home. Was that her dad? Yeah, her stepdad. I'm sorry. But yeah, that was her side of the family. But her stepdad who raised me my whole life, he has been in my life since I was um, a kid. So, you know, he was he was blood to me, family. So after we lost him and they were already planning, you know, his funeral and then my dad passed away and it was like, okay, now we have like two funerals to plan. And it was also, you know, we knew my dad's wish was to be um, buried back home in Hawaii. So we also had a trip to plan to go back there. So we had a funeral in Fort Myers. We had a funeral in um, Sarasota for my granddad so he could be buried at this um, special funeral home. And then we also planned a trip to Hawaii because that's where my dad wanted to be buried. So it was a lot to, you know, plan. And I was trying to be there like emotionally for like everybody because I know it was a lot harder for them back home because they didn't necessarily have any other like distractions or anything going on. I kind of had like track and school keeping me really busy, um, but I knew that they were really going through it back home. So I was, you know, traveling back and forth like every weekend trying to drive home and help them and plan everything. So yeah, it was hard. It was really stressful trying to balance all that but um we got through it and you know like I said I don't think I would be who I am today if we didn't as a family to like go through all of that together I'm really happy that we had each other and we were all really supportive and just doing the best that we could you know what I mean with the circumstances we really were just doing the best that we could if we sort of tie this all together somewhat you you touched very briefly on earlier in the conversation when I said we'll get back to that. You said I wouldn't. You know, you, I think you said like I didn't even know if I would be running or something to that effect, but because of stuff that was going on, and now now we know the whole story. Mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden you went indoor. Yeah. How'd you pull that off? I don't know. I'm not gonna. <laughs> I'm not gonna like. I feel like before I won indoor, I was really just showing up to practice. Once I had one indoor, my mindset kind of changed a little bit and I saw a shift in my training and stuff. But before I had won that indoor title, you know, I was, I was kind of barely making it through workouts and barely making it through practice. There were some days that, you know, I was having nightmares and stuff and I would wake up and I would call my coach and tell her, I can't make it to waste today. I can't, I can't do it. And, you know, she was working with me through that. Um, or there were days that I just couldn't finish the workout. I didn't like mentally, it was really hard for me to get through that. And then I went to indoor and I was, you know, really, I remember being really nervous. I was like, this is the first time I feel like I have a chance of winning ACCs before that, you know, I hadn't, you know, done anything spectacular yet at college. And I really wanted to. And after everything that I had went through, I was like, well, is that even possible? You know what I mean? Like after going through all this stuff, can I even do that? And I remember we were getting ready to race for the prelim. And I was thinking in my head, like, just because that I went through all that doesn't mean that I can't pull this off. You know what I mean? I kind of felt like before that race, I had kind of felt like I was just happy that I was showing up a little bit. I kind of had settled a little bit and I was just telling myself, like giving myself a pat on the back kind of just for showing up to practice and competing. I was just happy that I was still competing. And my mindset kind of changed that race. And I was like, I don't have to just compete. Like I can go out and, you know, win this thing. I can get a PR. Like I can be, a really good runner like he said he always told me I could be and that was really special for me because that was the first time that I ever hit a 52 and I remember in high school I always used to ask him I was like do you ever think I'll run a 52 like indoor do you ever think I'll be able to do that and he was like I think you'll be able to run 50 point flat indoor and I used to always laugh at him and I was like you're so funny so the final I crossed the line and I saw that it was 52 seconds and I Remember, I like covered my face and I was just like smiling. I was crying a little bit. And I was thinking the first thing I thought in my head, I was like, we did it. We did it. I was so happy. And I was just thinking about him. We had an interview after that on the ACC network and they were asking me about my dad and stuff. And I was just so excited to, you know, talk about him. That was the first time I was kind of like on camera and stuff um, after a race. So I was really excited to like talk about him and stuff. And did you know, like, did you feel good in that race? Like, it, we, did you feel like you were running your best time? Yeah, I did. I felt really relaxed. I remember thinking in my head that he was like watching me up there and I was like, how cool would it be to win this for him? You know what I mean? Like how amazing would that be? And I remember thinking about that before I got on the line. 
and I was in the position, I was in the position and I was like, okay, I'm doing this for you. I'm literally doing this for you, dad. This one's for you. Whether it goes good or bad, it's for you. And I showed up and I'm happy that I'm just here. So like, let's just, you know, see how fast I can go right now. And, you know, I ran, I got a PR and I finally hit 52 and it was like this wave of like relief. I was like, it was that moment that I was like, okay, I am actually really good at this. I think I could be like one of the best in this. And it was like, okay, he was right. Like he always told me like, I could be like one of the best. And I was like, you know how dads always say that. But then I actually hit the time and I was like, he knew what he was talking about. Like he actually really did see something in me and my coaches see something in me as well. Like, I think like this is real. So that was a really like big, like emotional roller coaster for me, indoor um, ACCs. And after that, I just, you know, kept building, kept building, kept building. And luckily that carried over into outdoors. So when you think of great football and baseball, you think about the you. When you get hurt in a car, truck, or motorcycle wreck, you need to think Lebovic Law Group. At Lebovic Law Group, you come first. We work to get you all the money you are entitled to. Injured? You need to call or click Lebovic. Lebovic Law Group, the exclusive sponsor of the Miami Hurricanes and proud sponsor of all things you. Go you! This is this is a classic me question. Why was track and field your dad's like why did your dad put you in track and field versus any why was it track and field? Like why was that the sport that he wanted you to do, made you do? Like why that one? That is a great question. Um he actually played um for the volleyball team when he was in the army and he always wanted us to play volleyball. He was like, You guys are so tall, you guys would be perfect for it. And me and Sierra just never got into it. But when we were in elementary school, they would host these track meets, these elementary track meets, you know, everyone would come outside and the families would come and they would watch their kids run around the track. They put this on every year and every single year me and Sierra won for our grade level, like all of the events. Like I always ran the 400 and I won. She always ran, um, I think it, the mile it was, and she always won every single year. So like every year um, we would come back and it, it just started to be this thing. Like they were be like, oh, watch out for the Oliveira twins. Like they're really fast. And the older we got, the more my dad kept like looking into like times for like our age group and stuff. So like by the time we got to like fifth or sixth grade, he was Googling things online. Like, what is a fast time for a fifth grade? You know what I mean? Like he started like really find, getting into it. You can it. find anything on the internet. You can, yeah. And they definitely had answers. And I remember he used to um, be at the track, like be at those elementary track meets and all the parents would be like, oh my gosh, they're just so fast. They're just so fast. And he used to like tell them like, yeah. They're going to be on the track team when they're older. I, I, I don't know what it was. It was just, um, I think me and Sierra both had kind of like a natural gift for it. Um, and I think he saw that in us when we were really little. And he kind of like instilled in us when we were, you know, like in middle school going into high school that he wanted us to be runners. He thought we were really fast. And I was like, I was just ready to, you know, do whatever I needed to do to make him happy. It seemed like he was really happy that we were in some kind of sport. Our, my family's always been like super athletic and stuff. So I think when he saw that in us when we were little, he kind of wanted to keep it going. And then in eighth grade, me and Sierra both won state titles. And that's kind of where everything took off. And he kind of made this plan for us and was like, you guys are going to go to college for free and it's going to be a great experience. And you guys are going to be the best. And we were just like, really? Like, you, you think we can do that? And he was like, I know you can. I don't think you can. I know you can. So, so was he dad or was he coach or was he both? Oh, he was, he was the bus driver. He was the team mom kind of, he brought the snacks. He was the um, coach. He was the dad, the everything, the biggest fan. He did it all. He really did it all. Did you guys ever bump heads? Cause I know dad. Oh yeah. Dad, daughter, dad, son, sport. Oh yeah. That, that doesn't always go well. He, like I said, he did think he was a coach at times and he loved to put in his input. And, you know, I, I would be there with my actual coach sometimes and I would, you know, kind of nudge him a little bit and be like, dad, you don't know what you're talking about. Come on. You're embarrassing me in front of my coach. And he's like, no, I know what I'm talking about. I watched it on YouTube. I'm like, dad, please. Like it was, it was cute. I, I really, I could tell how passionate he was about, you know, getting us to that next level. Did he become the bus driver because of this? So he could you be a part of this, or that what that's what you know? I'm or was he already yeah, yeah. doing that? No, he did. Um, he did do that at school already. But once we got into track, he was the one volunteering to take everyone to the track meets and stuff. Every time there was a track meet, you know, he was signing up to be our bus driver. So that was really special and kind of him. 
you went to a small school, right? I did. I went to um, a Christian school in Fort Myers, Florida called Evangelical. And I graduated with about 38, 40 people. So, you know, he was, I, I, I saw him all the time. He, he, we, he took us to school every single day. I would see him at lunch. I would see him at practice. And then we'd go home together. Like, so he worked at the school too? Yeah. Was that part of the plan going to that school? Was that part of the track plan? Or is that just, that's a great place to get an education and I get to see you every day? Um, I, I went there my whole life. It was pre-K to 12th oh. grade. So he was already working there before me and Sierra were born. My older siblings went there, but they didn't graduate from there. He kind of emphasized how, how much he wanted us to, like, you know, stay in our faith and stuff. So he wanted us to stay our whole lives in that school. And, you know, we did that for him because that was what he wanted. And he was my dad. And I was, you know, like 15 years old and I didn't have a choice. So I was going to listen to him. And I think it ended up working really well because I still got to, you know, be around him and train with him. And I loved being at a school that my dad was working at, you know what I mean? Being able to see him every day. And if I needed a break from class or something, I would go see him back in his, um, he had his own little like office in the back shed. And I would always go back there and be like, I just need a break from class. Can I hang out with you for a second? <laughs> so that was really nice. I, I, I'm really glad that we got to, you know, be so close together when I was in high school. Cause I feel like I didn't, I didn't feel like I missed out on too much, you know, obviously as I got older, you know, we were spending more time apart and stuff. So I'm really happy that I got to, you know, spend all that time with him when I was younger. So just, I just want to revisit one thing you said earlier that when he first, I guess maybe it was in middle school, he, he wanted you to run track and you were kind of kicking and screaming. You, you didn't want to do it. So he was getting you to run track where, yeah. like, what was the kicking and screaming part? I was in middle school and at my private school, when you're in like fifth or sixth grade, you can run with varsity. Ah, there's got it, got it, got yeah, it. there's not really like two different teams. Like you either travel varsity and you make it or you don't because the it's just different there. And I was in sixth grade, I think, and he was like, I'm taking you to uh, cross country trials. Cross country was first. That's what we started out doing. And I was like, what? And he was like, yeah, I'm taking you to trials. And I was like, but they're so much older than me. They're so much bigger than me. I'm not going to be as fast as them. He's like, well, not with a mindset like that. I was like, <laughs> I, was like I think his whole mindset is like, I'm going to throw you in there. And you know what I mean? You're, you're going to have to just survive, survive it. And I was like, okay. So we went and I first started doing cross country. And that was just so hard because it was a little boring for me. Like I, I didn't feel like I was like really like getting like to compete with people. And I, my whole family was always been really competitive. So I kind of like mentioned to him, I was like, this was before track season was coming up and going into track season, I was like, I kind of want to run faster. Like, I don't really want to run for like laps and laps and laps. I kind of just want to do like one lap. And at first they told me no. And my dad was really like set on me and my sister, like training together, doing everything together, doing the same event. And then when we went to practice, the coaches were like meeting us for the first time. And after a couple practices, they went to my dad and they were like, we need to separate these two we need to separate these two. They are really competitive. And I think that, you know, they're really talented and stuff, but they had this idea that we should both be doing like two separate events. So he agreed, obviously we, we couldn't do anything without getting his approval first. So he agreed. And I decided to go to like the 400, 200 short sprints in Sierra state and like mid distance, long distance. And I think that was perfect for us. Cause I feel like if we would have stayed in the same event, we would have gone home and, you know, kind of been butting heads because we are really competitive so i was happy that we kind of got to separate and do our own thing I, I feel like a lot of times people like look at twins and they're like oh like they're the same they look the same they act the same talk um so being able to like be really good and have our in in our separate events was really important to me i kind of felt like i found like an identity in like short sprints and doing the 400 and she you know did her thing in the eight and the mile so I was really happy that our coaches kind of recognized that and separated us because, you know, I don't kind know. Worked it, out, kind of worked out good for you that she got the distance. It was literally, <laughs> <laughs> that was the best thing that could have happened. I'm glad that they decided that I needed to go shorter. I was really happy about that. And obviously I think it worked out for the best, you know, given where we are today. So yeah, I'm just really happy with the way everything went when we were um, in high school. That was a really fun time and i'm glad that i got to you know experience all that with not only my dad but my twin so when you won states as an eighth grader you won it for high school yeah holy crap i was competing with seniors you know ninth through 12th grade that's who we were competing with and we both won when we were in eighth grade and then you know we got titles after that but 
I don't think those are as cool because we were technically in high school. So it was like we were doing kind of what we were supposed to do. But that one, I was really happy about that one. That one was really special. So when did you know you were good enough to run at the collegiate level and get it, and get that scholarship your dad talked about? When one of the um, advisors at my school came into my classroom and they handed me a letter and I was like, what is this? And they were like, we got a letter for you. And I was like, oh, okay. And I opened it and it was like, I think it was ULM or something, some like small school in Louisiana or something. And I was only in ninth grade when I got this. And it was like, like a recruitment letter. Like it was like, we've seen, you know, how talented you are. Da, da, da. And I was like reading the letter and I was like, oh my gosh, like I really could go to school and do this. Like, this is so cool. And the older we got, like the more letters we got. I remember we got from the Air Force and Stanford. Liberty was like the first like bigger one we got. And then when I was going into my junior year, UCF reached out to us and offered us our first like in-person visit. And that's when it was kind of like me and Sierra were like, oh, we're going. Like we're doing this and we're going to go together. We're not separating. We never wanted to be apart. So every time like I would get a letter and she didn't, I would just throw it out. Like I didn't even look at it. If there wasn't something for both of us, we weren't looking at it. So yeah, that's kind of when things started to take off a little bit. That was, that was a really fun time, you know, sitting there and kind of like joking and talking with each other. Like, where do you want to go? Like, well, where would you want to go? Like, do you want to go out of Florida? Like, no, not really. And like going through that whole experience together was such a blessing. So I didn't have to like make all those decisions by myself. Like I had someone there right with me, you know, going through like the pros and cons of all these schools and what we wanted to do. And it was really fun. I wish I could go back and do it all over again. How'd you end up at Miami? How, how did that become the place for both of you? I had just ran a, a high school PR my junior year. And I was so, I remember I was so tired after my race and I was so happy that I had ran. I had ran 53 seconds. That was a big PR for me. And I remember I was laying down on the steps in the stadium and I saw this like lady walking by and I was like, that's a coach and I was like she is so important I couldn't remember her name I was like but she is somebody really important and I was telling Sierra because she was I had just ran so she was sitting next to me kind of like holding my hand a little bit because I was like trying to catch my breath I was really tired and she stopped and she saw us and she was like you guys ran really good today and we were like thank you so much and, da -da -da. and she was like yeah um we'll be in contact and just walked away that was it that was the whole conversation and I remember looking and Sierra was looking at me like who is that and I was like she's really important I was like I don't know who she is but she's really important and a couple weeks later I remember I was um just sitting and I got a phone call from a 305 number and all of that had kind of left my my memory a little bit so I was like who is calling me from Miami and I kind of answered and I was like hello like a little like you know what are you doing calling who's bothering me I, I was like wrong I don't want it I don't want any of what you're selling <laughs> yeah exactly that was that's how I answered the phone and she was like Hi, my name is da, da da da. I'm with the University of Miami, and I remember putting my hand over my head like this. And I was like, I sat up so fast. And I was like, Hi, I'm, I. It's so nice to talk to you. I remember I was a little like flustered a little bit. And I was like, Oh my gosh, like this would be. Don't blow it. Yeah, I was trying not to blow. I was like, This would be the dream. And we had already had like UCF visits set up. We were also taking a visit to FSU, and we were going to go out of the state. But then when Miami called, I remember I ran inside the house and I told everyone I was like. Miami called like we're going on a visit and everyone was like no everyone was like no you're not going to Miami my dad was so upset he was like I can't believe you want to go there you're not going there like da 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 like they were because so I don't know why they just had this kind of like free thing about Miami Miami the city trouble yes that it wasn't safe and that it was going to be a lot of trouble and my dad was also like a huge FSU fan. Okay, so well, well. yeah, he was—he's always been a huge Noel fan. So, but yeah, he—he'd always wanted us to go to like FSU and stuff. So, when he heard that we were like having the chance to go to Miami, he was like, "Oh no, like you're not going there. That's our rival school. Like, what are you talking about?" And as soon as we stepped on campus, I could see like in their faces, like their whole mindset changed. They fell in love with the campus. They fell in love with the coaches. That was, I think, the biggest thing was meeting Coach Deem and being able to be coached by a woman. That was something that was really big to me. I had never been coached by a woman before. And 
I felt like we'd be able to relate to each other. Like I had never related to somebody before. So that was really important to me. And like I said, once they stepped on campus and they met everybody, they fell in love with it. You know, within a couple hours of our tour, they were already, I could see it in their faces. They were like, I love this place. I love these people. Everyone is so kind. The campus is beautiful. And the track was beautiful. I was like, I know, right, guys? I was trying to like sell it, you know, with, with everyone else that was trying to sell it. I was trying to sell it too. And I remember that night we were all talking at dinner and my dad told me, he said, if they offer you both a full ride, you're, we're signing the paper. Like you're signing it. That's where you're going. He loved it. He ended up loving it so much. So the next day, you know, we had that conversation. They offered both of us and it was basically done right there. Within the first couple of hours that we were on that visit, I knew that that's where I wanted to be. I didn't even have to like, you know, meet the team or anything yet. Just the atmosphere and the coaches. I really fell in love with um, the staff too. So that's how we ended up in Miami. My family definitely did not picture me being there, but I'm glad that it worked out the way that it did because I could not picture myself anywhere else. I really do. Even like outside of athletics, I just love the school. I love the campus. I love the city. And I'm like really happy that, you know, this is where we get to call home. Yeah, it's a pretty good city, right? Pretty good. Not not such a bad place to spend your. It is not a bad place, and I know they thought that we were going to get into trouble or something down here, but we haven't. You know, we've had a really good time, and I've got to meet so many people and experience so many different things down here that I don't think I would get anywhere else. So I'm really happy that you know it worked out the way that it did, and I'm really happy to be a Miami Hurricane. Make this the day your life changes. The all-new UFIT Gyms has been created to give you exactly what you need to accelerate your fitness results, including state-of-the-art equipment and a new cross-functional turf training area. Enjoy personal training as low as $35 and new small group training classes, including HIT Plus. Take it to the next level with personalized nutrition from Eat Love, along with anywhere, anytime access to UFIT on demand with over 1,000 workouts. Reach your goals faster at the new UFIT Gyms. Now, the other thing, the school was um, your team, teammates, the athletic department, they were all very supportive with you, for you, uh, when yeah, you went through the, the loss of both your, how important was that? Yeah, I've, I had to talk about this just um, last week at one of our banquets, but I was telling everyone that I've been in a lot of like high pressure situations as an athlete. You know, I've had to like deal with those nerves and kind of calm myself down, but there was nothing that could have prepared me for the way that I felt on the day of that funeral. Um, I, I was nervous. Like I wanted it to go perfectly for him. I wanted, I was nervous. I was feeling so, you know, alone, even though I was surrounded by my whole family, this like feeling of like emptiness. And I remember we were setting up for the funeral and I looked out the window and a charter bus was pulling up and I was like, there's actually no way that they're here right now. I, I was thinking in my head, like, this is exactly what I need. Like, I need this support right now. Like, is that who's getting off this bus? And, you know, everybody started getting off the bus and I saw my coaches and I saw my teammates, um, trainers and everything. And I just felt like this wave of like relief come over, like come over me. And I was like, wow, like, this is not just like a, a team to me. Like, this is a family. And that is something that I will never forget. It was really, um, it touched my heart, honestly, to know that they cared that much to be there for me and were willing to like, you know, take time out of their day and travel just so they could be there for me on a really hard day. And they like my teammates and my coaches have continued to be there for me, you know, even after the funeral. And they've showed that like time and time again, that they're there for me, you know, no matter what I need. So that was really important to me. And I'm happy that they were there when I was going through that because it made that day a lot easier. I know you mentioned earlier that and it certainly makes all the sense in the world right just how mentally hard the fall semester and i'm sure it's still hard obviously yeah. you know i mean it doesn't, doesn't like just go away but you know you were sort of just like i was just happy to show up or be there couldn't get through yes. etc yes um but after you won indoors did that flip a little bit of a switch where maybe you could be a little more focused in the spring and nothing to do with however you feel about the memories you keep of your dad and yeah ups and downs but at least did that help maybe push you through a little bit it did. It kind of made me realize that, you know, no matter how I was feeling, that life was still going on. Unfortunately, I feel like when people are going through a loss, that's kind of hard to comprehend um, that life just keeps going. And it unfortunately, it doesn't stop for anybody. And I had to learn that. And I feel like when I won, it kind of clicked in my head that, you know, I would I was still here and I could, you know, do something great for him and let people, you know, know who he was through what I was doing. 
so that was kind of like that switch where I was like, life is still going and I can't let this hold me back like any longer. You know what I mean? I feel like I was just so, like I said earlier, like happy that I was showing up to school and practice that I kind of got lost in that a little bit until I actually won ACCs and dropped my time down that I realized that I needed to, you know, just keep going um, and be kind of like present and realize that he would want me to keep running. He would want me to keep going to class and not skipping weights in the morning just because I had a bad dream. Um, so I think I kind of got a little bit mentally stronger after that point. Like I would have like, you know, bad, really bad nights or really bad days and I would still show up to practice instead of skipping it. Or I would go to class instead of, you know, saying I needed like a mental health day. I'd be like, you know what? You do need a mental health day, but you also need to pass this class and he would want you to go. So you got to go do it. And yeah, it was really like an encouragement thing for me that, you know, I could just keep going and do everything that I needed to do. How do you keep, is he with you on race? Like, do you keep him with you on race day? Like in your mind, in your heart? Like, is it mm -hmm. in, a, in a way, obviously that it wasn't that way before? Yeah, I have um, my angel wings tattooed on the back of my neck. So, and his birth year. So he is literally quite frankly, always with me, but I would say every, like every time before I race, I kind of have like a little conversation between myself and him. And he is always with me, whether, and I always say, you know, whether it goes good or whether it goes bad, he's proud of me. Um, and I think um, just knowing that he's still watching kind of keeps me going when I have those hard days. Cause they, they just still happen. You know, I have, I have really good days and sometimes I have really bad days, but whether it's good or bad, I still know that he's watching me and he's proud of me no matter what. So that's kind of what keeps me going throughout the season. So we got to get that three. We got the three for pops. Yes. <laughs> Three for 2023. One of the events you were at, I don't know, was that the celebration of women's athletics or hurricane honors yes. or both? Both. We were at both, but I had to speak at the um, celebration of women's athletics. So what does it say, A, about your school that it has these events, both the one that's focused solely on women's athletics and then I think the hurricane's honors, I think it was the first time they had done it. That was the first time. That just puts the spotlight either on you as a track female track athlete or in the greater scheme of just the athletic department uh, and almost, I think we're almost like back to back, weren't they? Yeah, they were one weekend apart. What does it say about your school that it embraces the department in that way? They've, I, I believe this was the ninth, I believe for the women's athletics. So, but I was really happy to see how many, you know, people were there supporting women athletics. And I think it's really important to, get together as a department, you know, not just as like a team and stuff. Cause I feel like sometimes like we kind of recognize things that are happening in like each sport, but being able to all be together, you know what I mean? In a room and acknowledge the accomplishments of each sport was really special. I hadn't been to something like that in college yet. So um, I will be definitely attending next year because I thought that was a really special moment for everybody. And just seeing how much the athletic department cares about, you know, title nine and women's sports that was really refreshing to see refreshing why i can i can guess the answer but i don't want to i think it's getting better but i think women's sports in general should be highlighted more i think women athletes in general should be talked about more i've always said especially with nil i think women should be getting you know the same if not more deals as you know a football player or a basketball player things like that and i think like the more time goes on um like that's improving, but I think the more events that we have like this, it kind of just shows how much Miami cares about, you know, their women and how much they want them to succeed. So I'm really happy with, you know, how far women athletics has come in general, but I think Miami highlighting it for almost what, nine, 10 years now, like that's gives me kind of a little bit of confidence, a little bit of hope that they're going in the right direction and that, you know, they really do care about us and they want us to be successful on and off the field, track, the court, whatever it is. So speaking of NIL, you found a little home there with uh, Adidas. Yes. Do you think or how has NIL been able to help empower female athletes? Because it certainly has. I think um, it's just highlighted like how athletes are kind of like outside of sport a little bit like being able to work with like certain brands that you know you're a fan of or being able to um post a product that you actually like really like and kind of let your audience see like who you are like outside of your sport like I, I really always love working with like clothing brands or um like hair product skin stuff like that because I like people knowing you know what I mean like what I use and what makes me me and 
I feel like being able to have an identity like outside of track and outside of sports for me has been really important. And that's why I use my social media a lot for, I don't love talking about sports on social media um, just because I am not just a track athlete and I like people to know that. So I feel like NIL has given me such a big opportunity to be able to do something kind of like out sport, outside of sports a little bit. I know that sports is like getting me the gig, but just being able to, um, you know, post what I want to post and be able to like create um, my own like name, image and likeness the way that I want to do it. I think that's been like really special for me and I hope it just continues to grow and knowing that, you know, girls can get the same opportunities that guys get or get paid just the same amount as a guy gets. On or more. Is really important. Yes, exactly. The same or more. So were you ready for NIL? Like, and what I mean by that was where it is now versus what you thought it would be when it started any changes that have occurred relative to it being done better uh, or more doors that have opened? Like, what were you expecting when it, like, where I guess, I guess we're at about two years now as well. So what were you expecting? I actually wasn't um, kind of aware of the whole NIL situation until someone reached out for me for my, like the day that that law was passed, someone reached out to me through Instagram and they were like, Hey, do you want to be like the first athlete to do this deal? Like they were like, we're going to pay you $500 to post on Instagram. And I was like, $500 to post on Instagram. I was like, what is this? You know what I mean? I was like, wow, like this is cool. And so I did my first little gig or whatever deal. And then I kind of started like building my portfolio a little bit. And I was like, oh, wow, like this is, this is cool. I really like this. And it's, it's fun. And it's a way to, you know, I can't work a job with the schedule that I have and everything. So I was like, this is a way for me to, you know, just like for myself and have fun with it and make some money for myself. You know what I mean? Like we're all, college students in the city of Miami we can take any extra income we can get you know what I mean so <laughs> so I was just really happy that um I was able to like do something kind of like new and I never really thought that going into college I'd be able to you know make kind of any like money on my own so that was like really like stood out to me when they hit me up with that first deal I was like wow this is awesome like I hope I get more and like companies just like kept reaching out like I got to work with UGG as well and do a campaign with them and you know, make money and go do like a photo shoot in Miami. And they found you. Yeah. And they all found me through like Instagram and stuff. So I thought that was cool too. Up until that point, were you using the medium to build your either personality at that point or have oh, you, yeah. you were? Yeah. I've always, I've, I've been a huge fan of social media since I was little. I, I love to post. I love to put like outfits together and stuff and show everybody what I'm like outside of sports. Cause I feel like a lot of people just see me as an athlete sometimes. So I kind of like to show people like, you know, who I am. Like, so you were there, you, you, those seeds had been planted. That was for a, much yes. to, a reason you would never have figured that or opportunity that has now come your way. Yeah, exactly. So then being able to like work with all these brands and stuff and, you know, like and show other people you know what you can do and do one athletics like that's been so special to me because a lot of people um that are wanting to like you know go d1 and stuff like that like there's a whole lot that goes into it and I think you know letting someone know that they can also you know get into this and not have to necessarily worry about not having their own income because if you do put in the work like you can make you know money for yourself on the side I think that's important because I know some people you know struggle with that because not everybody gets paid you know what I mean in college but if you're on a team and that's something that you want to do like that's a possibility and I think um I've helped a lot of people with that I always get questions from other athletes and stuff or high schoolers that you know want to get into NIL and work on it um before they get to college and I really liked helping people and kind of just sharing my experience and stuff with it I've had a, an amazing experience last thing uh, how cool is the Adidas deal like how'd you even find out Head of the NIL like department, Danny, gave me a call when I was For on Adidas. the way. Yeah. When I was on the way home, he gave me a phone call and was like, hi, I'm so-and-so with Adidas. And I was like, what? Like Adidas? Like the company Adidas? And he explained like this really cool opportunity that they were offering to only female athletes, which I love. And yeah I, I immediately told them yes they were like we're gonna fly you to LA we're gonna do a photo shoot we're gonna do a campaign you're gonna be able to um speak to all these like amazing women and meet all these new girls and go to this big event highlighting women's sports and I was just like all in I was like absolutely yes I didn't even have to think about it I was so excited and obviously I've been here for like three years now so everything I have is Adidas already so 
being able to work with a brand that I literally love and I wear all the time was so exciting for me. I'm so happy that I got to be a part of that. And getting gear before anyone else, like are you getting? Yeah, I have. Um, I have a. They gave me a card with a very generous amount on it, so that's been <laughs> really nice. Being able to like stock up my closet. I think I bought like 12 pairs. I'm not exaggerating when I tell you. I think I bought 12 pairs of shoes off of the website um, that I wear religiously. So that was really nice. But I think outside of you know all the perks and stuff, like just being able to do something that was like only about women, really like excited me and I was really happy to be a part of like that family I felt like I still keep in touch with all those girls that I met in LA and that I met in New York and we're like just one big support system for each other so I'm really happy that um we all got to experience that together like as the first class that got signed it was really special that's awesome I could do this forever but I'm gonna I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna tap out now I'm gonna let you go you got people knocking Thank at you. the door you know <laughs> yes people probably want to see you don't be locked in door you want to be locked indoors all day on Saturday so Mariah appreciate it go bring home that medal Thank you so, so bring much. Bring home the gold and we'll talk to you again soon. Thank you. Thank you so much. Have a good day. You too. Bye. Bye. All right. That was Mariah Oliveira here on the Behind the You podcast brought to you by Gulfstream Park. Join us at Gulfstream this winter with live action Wednesday through Sunday. Enjoy entertainment outdoors at the Carousel Club or Feast in Ten Palms. Not hungry? Visit our many on-site shopping locations such as fashion stores and home furnishing stores. For schedules, reservations, and tickets, visit GulfstreamPark.com.